Hi, hello, welcome. You're listening to Liv's Love Pool. I'm your host, Liv. This is the first episode of my dating podcast where I match people for blind phone call dates and see what happens. On today's episode, I will be featuring Jared. Jared hails from New York City, but moved across the country to Colorado to explore a more outdoorsy life. Jared learned to ride a bike when he was 18 years old, and he has led outdoor trips for teens for the past three summers. Today, I will be matching Jared with two lovely ladies, and we're gonna see who he hits it off with best. And I have to apologize. The audio on this episode, gonna be a little shaky. I was recording it before I had my proper equipment, so I apologize for that. And so, without further ado, meet Jared. Okay, so yeah, I grew up in New York City. I was obsessed with baseball growing up. Um, I also, I hated, hated hiking and just like outdoor activities and was blissfully unaware of my uh, position in life and how that related to others uh, for much of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. All of that sort of came to a head. When I got to college, I totally fell in love with being in the outdoors and doing outdoor things like skiing and backpacking and hiking, et cetera. I really want to work in social justice and environmental justice and trying to make something of myself to help others who are uh, not blessed with literally every privilege they could ever imagine like I am. Wow. That is quite the journey from like hating the outdoors and being a New York City kid to wanting to work in environmental justice. So I kind of was the uh, younger, less high achieving, we'll say, uh, brother. School was somewhat challenging for me. I, I often oscillated uh, between the two things that I thought were probably most important were um, my love life and baseball. But when something was going poorly with like a girl when I was younger, I was like, oh, I have baseball because it was, I just always was, you know, just kind of oscillating between the two, but they, were, they both were always going poorly. There was no success ever. We've got to get into your love life a little deeper. I would love to know your first kiss story. My first kiss was with Brett Asher. Um, and everybody always says first name and last name. Isn't that odd? <laughs> yeah, because, because you can't forget. And if Brett's listening, I just want you to know I haven't forgotten about you. Yeah, at this camp social, um, you know, Brett and I were, like, talking and hanging out. We had been flirting, like, off and on for, like, I think, like, a year or, like, a couple of years, like, at these socials like 100% facilitated by Brett's friends, you know, because like, sure. obviously my friends were way too awkward and I was way too awkward as well to initiate anything. So we ended up uh, sitting together on the bleachers at like this social and then made out. And then uh, whoa, my whoa, arm was around whoa, her. Whoa, whoa, and then whoa, whoa. You were just making out out of nowhere. You're sitting together on the bleachers. There had to be more bleeding. I mean, we must have been talking, but I have no idea what we were talking about. I really don't remember that part. I don't even remember the kiss part very well. I just remember I actually was king of the world in that moment. I was like, all I've ever wanted is a girl to lean on my shoulder while my arm is around her. And I was just like, wow, um, I am so cool right now. That was my first kiss. That is so true that I am like, I'm the king of the world feeling. Yes. I relate to that when you're just like, it's this is all I've ever wanted and it's happening and I can't believe this happening. 
I mean, after my first kiss, I literally, like a Disney character, slid down against the back of the door, like as if there were stars spinning around my head. Like I, he like left, you know, said goodnight, whatever. And then I like slid down against the back of the door and I was like, oh my God. So I think my next question, if you feel comfortable diving in, now I need to jump from that. I'd like the virginity story. So I'm not going to name names. So basically during my summer between my junior and senior year, I was working, I was doing this internship and I wasn't getting paid and nobody gave two shits about what I was doing. So uh, I ended up uh, leaving work <laughs> quite early that day to go home uh, to uh, to hook up with this girl because my parents were at work. She like, came over at like 3.30 p.m., something like that. And we watched like 20 minutes of a Disney movie, I think. And then throwback put my arm around her. She put her head on my shoulder and I was like, this is always the start of good things for me. So then we went to my room. Wow. If my parents are listening. Yeah. I guess my parents might listen to it. Okay. Whatever. Sorry. I had sex in my childhood bedroom. So we had sex and yeah. And then, and then soon after we finished having sex, I had to go actually. So I remember she left. I quickly had a Greek yogurt from the fridge and then I uh, took the train. But I remember so vividly on the train being like, you people don't even know that like this guy just had sex for the first time. (laughs) Um, And like, that's crazy. And you don't even know it. Truly, I'm loving that in both of these stories, you have a, you're sitting there with her, your arm around her, and you're like, I'm the king of the world. And then later you're on the train and you're like, you people don't even know that I've had sex for the first time. What a beautiful parallel. Yeah, yeah. What a beautiful parallel that is. I do think that the woman to whom I lost my virginity lives in my state now, lives in Colorado. But here's the issue. After this all happened, I Facebook messaged her my sophomore year of college, I think. And I came across this message like a couple years later, like maybe my senior year of college. I hadn't remembered that I sent it, but I read it and it was saying like, I'm so sorry for like how much of an asshole I was acting like back when we, you know, and we had hooked up a couple of times, whatever in high school. Um, and I was like, good, Jared, good, Jared. That's good. And then I got to the last sentence, which said, if you want to just, like hook up casually now or something like that. Like I'd be totally down for that. And it was like, what the hell is wrong with me? You know, like totally didn't learn anything. So I just, I really want to apologize to my first penetrative sex partner. I'm sorry for that. I feel so bad about it. And I just can't message you now because then it's just like, you're, I, you obviously don't think about this and I do because I feel so bad about it. And I just can't message you about it. So I'm, I'm sorry. You know, in everyone's sort of dating and love life, there are, I like to call them pillars, and they are the pillars that hold up the house of your romantic life for better or worse. These people who were influential, even if, you know, even if it wasn't like that three-year relationship, or maybe it was, but I'm interested in if you have any of those pillars. Well, I mean, like, I've been only in one, one, like, legitimate serious relationship, so I guess that's like... Mm -hmm. That would be that. That's the one, obviously, that I learned the most from. She was my co-leader from my first summer leading outdoor trips oh, with Apogee. It. it was really interesting start. Like we had a very intense summer together, as does as does every co-leading pair. You know, you're mm-hmm, together twenty four seven for you know about eight weeks or so, and you are raising children also at mm-hmm. the same time. Um, 
So that was an interesting start. And then, yeah, we ended up dating after for about a year-ish. She is two years older, so she had just graduated from college, and then I was going into my junior year. So it was just a very weird, mm-hmm. um, very weird gap in life. It was a ton of community. It was, like, all long distance. And then, and then when I went abroad, mm-hmm. it was, like, three, four months, whatever, without seeing each other in person. So it was a lot of communication through the phone and being in love for the first time. I was always, like, very excited for that and thought about the positives of, like, what I could bring to a relationship, but mm-hmm. did not definitely have the maturity to think about the like shortcomings and like how I would make a relationship mm-hmm. really difficult for someone else potentially and for myself. So um, not that I necessarily even have that maturity now, but uh, when you get slapped in the face with it, um, it's much easier to see, you know? Yeah, no, totally. I'm just always interested in, I mean, not everybody, some people have tons of these like romantic pillars. I think I probably only have like three, maybe four, significant and not even significant you know I have like the first person that I was in love with but then I also have like the boy that I was in love with in high school but like I never told but like I love that guy you know what I mean like he was totally a pillar for me that totally makes sense yeah as far as uh my love interests have gone it's been I guess unrequited and then largely in saturations uh where I just think mm-hmm. someone's totally out of my league so I would never even make a move um, why do you so think they would be out of your them, league um, I don't know. There were definitely many instances in college where I was like, oh, that person's out of my league. And then someone, like, there'd be another guy who maybe, like, hooked up with them, and I'd be like, oh, shit. Like, that probably means they weren't out of my league because that guy and I are, like, probably pretty similar. So maybe I should have done something about it. But that's kind of my MO. I just don't do anything about it, you know? Quick question. On the African plains, you know, the Serengeti, would you say that you're a predator or prey? And I don't mean in a bad, like, oh, you know, he's a sexual predator, like, blah, blah, blah. I just mean, what's your aura, do you think? Is your aura, I'm a predator, or is your aura, I'm prey? And both are good. I'm prey. I'm the absolute queen of the friggin' warthogs or whatever. So what what do you think? <laughs> I think my aura would be prey. Like a a clumsy gazelle, but I'm, I'm not fast. So like a clumsy, slow gazelle. I've definitely had a, a, a number of people say to me they were somewhat intimidated by me when they like saw me at first and then as soon as mm-hmm. I opened my mm-hmm. mouth they were um not at all and just were like oh this guy's a total idiot <laughs> but as far as pillars go yeah I think I think I guess I've stunted myself in terms of creating those those pillars of love to like kind of base relationships on dive into Jared's dates. Up first, we have Brooke. Brooke currently lives in New Hampshire. Brooke dressed as a hot dog vendor for Halloween and handed out microwave hot dogs along with all the fixings from a cardboard box all night long and people actually ate them. Brooke has also run three half marathons in the last six months. She hates ladybugs even though her room is currently infested with them and she likes to do puzzles, art, and graphic design. Let's take a listen. Um, what did you What did you end up getting involved in after you put lacrosse? I majored in environmental studies, so I was trying to do some stuff in like sustainability. Yeah, I wish I did more of like the outing club. I don't really know why I didn't. I like hiking. I like being outdoors. 
but it just felt like I was afraid of committing to those things and being away from the campus and not being able to just like hang out with all my friends. What about you? Did you do any clubs? Yeah, I actually, so I, I studied environmental studies as well. Um, nice. But my extracurriculars revolved much more around outing clubs. I did a bunch of just weird stuff. Like I, I did this like macapella group and I, uh, like the streaking team. Do you have this on your resume? Oh, I wish. Oh God. It's like my proudest accomplishment. Sounds yeah. like you have a lot on your plate in general. You're just like the leader of all of these groups. Jared and Brooke continue talking, this time unpacking some deeper topics. Yeah, it's kind of frustrating that now it it takes motivation to do the things that I always just, like, love to do. But I'll figure it out. Just got to work yeah. through my shit. <laughs> I feel you 100% on that as well. And I I don't know how to get around that as, as of yet either. And, like, yeah, I think it's totally deep-seated in insecurities and fears. And I just absolutely can't, uh, can't get over that either. So far. Yeah. You know, I think... We'll never be satisfied, obviously. It's like not in our, mm-hmm. not in our nature. Um, That's so scary, it's hard, though. It's hard to live with that. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I just want to, like, I want things to stop being so complicated all the time. I definitely am scared of being content, though. That's, like, probably my greatest mm-hmm. fear. Interesting. Um, Ooh. So Tell I, me more. I don't know. I mean, like, uh, I guess I, I just, like, my greatest fear for years now has been waking up one day in my 30s and realizing that I just like have a job that I'm not passionate about and just like live somewhere just because I got pulled there for some reason and just like have a have a nine to five and that I'm just kind of existing and not helping people and like making the world a better place and that terrifies me that I could end up just in that situation. One question that I had when I was first looking for jobs I wasn't sure if I would rather work for a company whose mission I cared a lot about or if I would rather just work for any company but be doing tasks that I enjoy using the skill set that you like using. I think initially I thought mission was more important and now I think I care more about what I'm doing. I mean, I feel like the ideal for everyone is for work to not feel like work. And I think, at least for me, in order for that to be the case, I have to be doing the things I like to do. It's really difficult to sort of apply skills and passions to things that will actually matter. On to Jared's next date, meet Emma. Emma is currently living in NYC, but is from Colorado originally, so they have that in common. Uh, when inquired about her facts, Emma said she's now sleeping in a twin bed, and that's been hard. Emma is obsessed with mafia movies. Her grandfather, great-grandfather, and great-great-grandfather were all cowboys. Let's see how Emma and Jared get along. When did you move to Denver? I have so many questions. <laughs> Yeah, I so I moved to Denver um, about a year and a half ago. <clears throat> I do want to go live and work abroad, ideally, um, probably yeah. to South America. But I don't feel like I'm ready to leave Denver yet. But I, I'm pretty certain that I'll be kicking myself later on if I don't uh, live abroad. Um, I totally while I can. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I, it's been on my mind for the past like year and a half. I would say. Um, you think I you're yeah, I mean, I'm hoping that all of this just makes us realize, like, life is short, <laughs> you know? Like, 
it's never going to be the right time to do anything. You're never going to like have the perfect moment to just like uproot your life or, you know, change your career or like fall in love or like all these things. Like life is really short. I feel like if this teaches us anything, it's like you only, oh God, I sound like a cliche, but like, you you know, you only have the moment. So <laughs> yeah, um, that's totally. my silver lining. But no, I've been thinking about it. I really want to move to Mexico City. That's been my place for like two years. Like one day I'll get there. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> There's never a good time for anything. Um, no. Which is definitely not something that I was able to sort of conceive of when I was younger. Like I really thought that there was going to be a time, just like there was a time to go to high school and a time to go to college. There was going to be a time yeah. to do everything else. And it's become crystal clear that there is absolutely not a timeline for anything after you graduate. Yeah, totally. Unless you want to follow like the boring, like, you know, <laughs> just yeah. to, like, get a job, settle down immediately with your significant other and stay there forever. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But like, sometimes yeah, I'm like, I, I wish I wanted that. <laughs> you know what I me mean? Me too. Oh, me too. I desperately wish that I wanted to not, uproot anything because then because yeah. I could just be happy not doing that that would be so great <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah like, that's not take a risk so I want to move maybe abroad or you know like I'm really drawn to the Pacific Northwest but I keep thinking what are my weird New York habits how are they going to translate like outside of the city <laughs> like I was coming home like a while ago like a year ago whatever and I had just just been dumped and I'm like sitting on the subway and I'm like silently just like a couple tears you know I'm not like crying crying but like a couple tears coming down my face and a woman across from me just like hands me a tissue such a sweet moment yeah. but I'm like I can't be in like Portland Oregon just like walking down the street sobbing like that's not the way that like all people behave anywhere else <laughs> when I go back there to visit I, like I all of a sudden turn back into a New Yorker I'm like if somebody's walking like yeah. the slightest bit slower than I am I'm like so oh the them. worst um, it's, it's the worst. But it's it like I hate that so bad. Yeah, I mean, but I hate that I do that. <laughs> I've like brought it back here, obviously, where I'll be like walking and like someone's in my way, and you know, you do the thing, you like speed walk around them, and you like passive aggressively look over your shoulder, and I'm like, wow, yeah. Emma, it's in Denver. Like everyone here is nice. You need to like not be such a New York bitch, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm walking here. Yeah, you know? that's what yeah. it is. <laughs> Exactly. I think one of the first things on that note, but with cars that I noticed when I moved here is when I put on my blinker, oh, yeah. the, the person in the other lane will slow down to let me go, um, right. which still freaks me out because in New York, if you put on your blinker, some, they speed up um, right. to make sure that you can't get into the lane. And it's like, why? But also that was completely normal to me. And then I moved here and people slowed down. I was like, wow, that that actually makes a lot of sense actually for everyone involved. Like that seems like yeah. it really reduced the chances of catastrophic safer. accident here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So funny. It's such an yeah. attitude. <laughs> yeah. New York is a, uh... New York's a crazy place. Let's shift over and hear what both Brooke and Emma have to say about their conversations with Jared. Brooke is up first. It was great. We actually ended up talking for like three and a half hours. Um, I was walking while I was talking, so I think I ended up walking like 12 miles or something. I was just wandering around, really no pause in conversation. 
she's a skilled conversationalist and yeah it all just like flowed pretty naturally and never felt like I was like racking my brains for the next thing to talk about we had a lot in common we both went to NESCAC schools and um yeah we both have interest in sustainability it was cool Mm -hmm. he just was very um relaxing to talk to and just like seemed like an all-around awesome dude so I really enjoyed it that's that's delightful is there anything specific he said that stood out to you um I really liked the fact that he was part of the streaking club at Hamilton I didn't admit it on the call but I've actually never been streaking so um maybe he could teach me some things you know Wow, scandalous and saucy. I love it. Was there anything that he said on the call that you were like, ooh, red flag? No, definitely not. No, he seemed, dare I say, pretty perfect. He seemed, (laughs) dare I say, pretty perfect. Um, And I absolutely, absolutely love that. Do you think that you guys will stay in touch? Yeah, we've been texting a little bit back and forth and continuing to text someone it could get a little more heated. So who knows, maybe our paths will cross in real life. Now let's see what Emma had to say about her date with Jared. It went so well. Jared was awesome. Like we got really deep. He and I were talking about like life and love and like goals and aspirations and privilege and growing up. Like it was a lot. It was great. So similarity counts for a lot. Sure. That's cool. You like to mm-hmm. sing. I like to sing. Love it. But it's really cool to see, okay, you're really different than me. Can our, like, I guess we can call it mm, chemistry, yes. like, surpass that? Does that add to it? Does it detract? Well, my sister always says that all relationships are a mixture of chemistry and compatibility. But in many relationships, one triumphs over the other. 100%. And you're like, all right, can we meet in the middle? But I agree. It's chemistry and compatibility. And it's really hard to find the two. It went so well. Oh, my God. I'm a wizard. <laughs> you No, seriously, I'm like... I'm, like, shook by it. You're, like, if I paid for the premium version of Hinge. Oh, my God. I am premium Hinge. That's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There's something about doing this over the phone. It makes me want to incorporate phone calls into my dating life regardless. Someone calls you and you're, like, why are they calling me? Like, that's so weird. Mm-hmm. But I'm a terrible texter. It's like, mm-hmm. I overthink everything. I'm, like, is mm-hmm, this funny? Mm-hmm. Here's the six things I could say and the six ways I could say it. But if you're on the phone, it's just perfectly normal conversation you haven't done the weird thing over an app where you've like seen their picture and like talked to them about like Mm -hmm. weird small talk so it's literally like hello clean slate let me just be honest with you I have nothing to prove to you at all because I'm like I might never Mm -hmm. meet you if it's weird it's fine and like why would I not just like be myself you are just dropping nuggets of wisdom and I am losing it it's all about calculated risk right? And like, this is like the perfect mm-hmm. way to, to take a calculated risk. Cause it's like, like we're all verified strangers. That's what I keep telling people. It's Literally. Like, there's, you, there's no skin in the game. You're like, maybe you lose half an hour, an hour or whatever. Please court me. Like, please, we have to establish an emotional connection before I can meet you, mm-hmm. which yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother twist, but that's dangerous. Cause like, what if you get your little heart involved? I don't know. It's a lot. But if the, you know, the reward is so great, like it's been so fun. And I mean, Jared was wonderful. Like, would definitely, would definitely keep talking. I'm just going to say, I don't know what he said about me, but I would definitely keep talking. Well, I can solve that problem right off the bat. Here's what Jared has to say about both of his dates with Brooke and with Emma. 
Uh, they were fantastic. Oh, I love to hear it. Yeah, they both went three hours and 15 minutes, actually. Holy smokes. They both went very well. I really enjoyed talking to both of them. Um, one thing in particular that I loved hearing about from Brooke was her thoughts on solitude um, and exercise. We were talking about like being out in nature and what it's like to be alone versus with other people and, and that experience. And I just really identified with sort of what she was saying. And this does not sound like a very deep subject, but I think it, it like gets wrapped into who you are as a person. And then Emma, it was really interesting talking to her about similarities uh, between our Jewish families and um, our parents' viewpoints that we feel are affected by Jewish culture, affecting our viewpoints on just life in general. Both conversations um, hit a very wide range of topics. Um, If you were to sum up your conversation with Brooke and your conversation with Emma in one word, what would it be? Oh my God. How come when, when you have fewer words to answer a question, it takes longer? Okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. First conversation was with Brooke. The first word that came to mind is energizing. And then with Emma, I think the first word that comes to mind is exploratory. Do you think you could see uh, continuing to talk to either or both of them? Yeah. Brooke and I have been sending like essays back and forth about specifically kind of like exercise and like travel stuff and like, I want to put a lot of thought and effort into my responses. So I have to wait until I can, like, get my computer. It's so, like, it's, I'm not going to, it's not going to happen during the work day. And then Emma and I are very bad at responding in a timely manner. But, like, it's like we, like, didn't get into, like, the long texting portion yet. And so, it, like, our conversation is, like, kind of uh, stagnated. And I'm not, like, trying to, like, uh, continue conversations, like, just because. it's It's just kind of like when things come up. But... I feel like with both Emma and Brooke, if anything comes up or came up that was like relevant to anything we talked about or just that I would find interesting, it, like I wouldn't feel weird at all about texting either of them, which I think is very great coming from like a, a phone conversation alone. Okay, those were some pretty wholesome, friendly dates, but I happen to know we have some drama coming up in future episodes, so stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening to this first episode of Liv's Love Pool, the podcast, produced and edited by Snip Studios and hosted by me, Olivia Atwood. We hope to catch you on future episodes of the podcast where we have different formats lined up for you. And most importantly, remember, when it comes to the love pool, just dive in. <laughs>